Hey folks, if you've seen any of the great merch we have lately, we've got Witch Police shirts, we've got bags, we've got more gear on the way. That's all made by our friends at Divine Shirt Company. Whether it's screen printing or embroidery, heat press vinyl or graphic design, Divine Shirts is the place to go for your band merch. They've been doing some of the best stuff from the best bands in Winnipeg and beyond. And if you're looking to get some merch made, head over to divineshirtcompany.ca or follow them on Instagram and tell them which police radio sent you. Get up up your ass and get up on the podcast! All right, welcome to Witch Police Radio. I'm uh, on the phone from my home on the internet, which is where we all live because we're in a horrible dystopian future. But uh, it's always nice to uh, talk to someone who's new to the show. I've been doing this podcast uh, for you know over eight years now, and I do have a lot of repeating guests. But when Manitoba's music scene is so broad and so diverse that it's it's cool that I can you know be doing this as long as I have and barely scratch the surface of what's going on you know in the province uh, as far as music is concerned. So I think the best way to start this off is if you want to maybe introduce yourself and uh, maybe give a bit of background about where you're coming from musically and we can take it from there. Sure. So my name is Kayla Lukey and I live in a small community called Grandview, uh, which is about four hours northwest of Winnipeg. Uh, I've been playing music since I guess I was about 14 when I picked up a guitar and I taught myself how to play a few chords and um, you know, the angsty teen songwriting came pretty naturally after yeah. that. And uh, I started playing shows by uh, opening for uh, metal and hardcore bands um, back when that was a thing, um, I guess in the early 2000s. And um, I was always a singer-songwriter type. I didn't play um, punk music per se, yeah, but yeah. I guess in some ways it was similar in the the angst and the, you know, three chords and the truth sort of thing, which is, I think, pretty standard for any great songwriting, whether that's um, punk or country or folk or what, what, whatever genre it is. Um, so uh, since then, I've released quite a few albums and played a lot of shows across Canada and um, different conferences and whatnot. And um, so I would like to think my songwriting has gotten better than when, I was 14. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's kind of uh, my story in a nutshell. I like the, um, the that background of playing at the, the, the metal shows and the hardcore shows because, you know, back in the late 90s, I was in punk bands and stuff. And we always had, at almost every show, there'd be a folk singer or a singer-songwriter or someone doing something stripped down and acoustic that didn't seem like it fit. But like you said, it's the same coming from the same place, right? The three chords and the truth and uh, having something to, to complain about or something to yeah, yeah to voice, right? Like, uh, grievances to voice. And then I think folk music works as well as punk rock does, maybe even better in some cases to, to do that. Yeah, it was always um, a welcoming environment because I guess we all felt to some degree like we were misfits and it yeah. was nice to be able to to share that together, I guess. And it, it was really like thinking back to it, it was quite heartwarming that it was a safe place for kids to hang out, um, you know, without doing drugs or alcohol yeah. and and um, yeah, people just don't really have that anymore, especially with COVID. But yeah, that, that changes everything, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Well, one of the things that I found, you know, like I said, I've been doing this for a long time, and it's very easy for me and for other people doing things like this to to just focus solely on Winnipeg because there there is so much happening in the city. But every time I have someone on the show who's from outside of the city, I'm always reminded of how much great music there is just on the periphery and even even further out in Manitoba that I think kind of gets overlooked um, by us and Winnipeggers who are very in this tight knit incestuous little scene. So, what has your experience been? I guess you know living outside the city and and then I'm sure you play a lot of shows in Winnipeg as just part of your your regular uh career as a musician, right? What's your experience been sort of coming into this scene? Um well it's interesting playing music anywhere really when you say oh yeah I'm from Manitoba and they're like oh so you're from Winnipeg <laughs> and uh I say no there's there's more to Manitoba than Winnipeg and I even have made some bumper stickers that I say, saw those from Winnipeg it's more of a joke, but um, I, like I play with a lot of people from Winnipeg, and I've made lots of good friends who are musicians um, in Winnipeg, and so I still kind of feel like I'm part of that scene um, because when we were playing more yeah. um, previously, uh, the people I played with obviously played with a lot of other people. So um, it was kind of nice. It, it's nice to not have to live in the city because I'm not a concrete person. Yeah. I, I I lived in the city for a couple of years out of uh, high school and it just, it just wasn't for me. So it's a nice place to visit and uh, it's nice to go to, well, when we could go to shows, it was nice to go and catch up with people and, you know, see old friends. Yeah. Go back to the fresh air. <laughs> does, does your location, does that affect your songwriting? Like where, where you are in the world? Does that change sort of the the tone of it or the attitude of it? I think so. I grew up on a grain farm, um, kind of in the middle of nowhere, outside of uh, Gilbert Plains. Okay. Um, and so I think that the landscapes have definitely influenced that. And... Uh, the lack of connectivity, um, you know, obviously in the early nineties and, um, or growing up in the nineties and early two thousands, there wasn't internet to begin with. Yeah. And then, um, and I think having, not having that connectivity gave a lot of, uh, of, um, creativity. And I think even now not being in that scene, I'm not really influenced by what's going on because I'm just not connected to what's going on, which I think is kind of a a blessing in some ways. Yeah. Well, is there a bit of freedom, I guess, to that, to not having to be concerned with the day-to-day uh, hustle and bustle of the, the Winnipeg music scene, right? Yeah. Or just just the music scene in general. And I think COVID in, in particular, like a, a, music has taken a backseat um in the last few years because i have a couple kids and um that just changes yep and now with covid hitting i just think i kind of just thank goodness that that wasn't my only path because i just you know i just really feel for the people who have music as their sole uh income because they're just having such a hard time i just feel for them yeah, I've had a few people on like that over the over the past year, I guess, and yeah, it's 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 tough because that's they spent so much time and energy making this their one job and they're living the dream, basically, right, of being able to be a professional uh, full time musician, and then and this this happens. There is no red wagon left on the hill, and the road. 
ropes are swinging in the wind And the roads that we traveled down The games we never win Oh, lead us back home Start again There have been so many faces Some I can't erase Demons in my dreams Remind me of mistakes Should have known better Even way back when Storms are brewing To take your innocence So let it burn Let the wind whip through the trees Let the water rise so high It drowns your memories And things don't change And may your ghost show you what you're worth Wait for the time it takes To let it all turn back All turn back to dirt There have been so many places Some I can't escape Visit them in my dreams Reminds me of the ways Could have done better Even way back when Devils on my shoulders Trying to do me in So let it burn Let the wind whip through the trees Let the water rise so high It drowns your memories And things don't change And may your ghost show you what you're worth Wait for the time it takes to let it all turn back So high, it drowns your memories and things don't change. And may your ghost show you what you're worth. Wait for the time it takes to let it all turn back. All turn back, let it burn. Let the wind whip through the trees. Let the water rise so high, it drowns your memories and things don't change. What has your experience with COVID been as far as creativity? Because I've had some people on the show who have talked about, you know, just being blocked and being completely unable to write. 
while they're dealing with this pandemic and others have been just, you know, nonstop writing and recording and, and, and taking advantage of the, uh, I, I guess having less responsibility outside of, you know, their, their own head and using it for, to be excessively creative. What have you found? I guess for me, because music had taken a backseat earlier, it didn't really affect me much. Okay. Um, I still wrote, or I'm still writing whenever it comes to me, but, um, I have a, a two-year-old and a four-year-old, so um, even pre-COVID, I wasn't really willing to do what was required to make music a full-time thing. Yeah, yeah. That kind of alleviates a lot of stress because I'm just like, well, I don't have to, I didn't feel the pressure to like continually put out product um, as far as music goes. So, so yeah, COVID in that sense hasn't really... <laughs> <laughs> that's good at least it hasn't changed things too much right what what is your sort of plan going forward then because i mean uh you know like you said your music has taken a bit of a back seat and you're not constantly releasing material uh, are you planning on just sort of putting out music when when the music kind of makes itself available to you like once you have the ideas and have the songs just to go about it on a piecemeal basis or what, what are you hoping to do yeah, I feel like with my last project, uh, which was Back to Dirt, um, I had decided to go kind of um, all in back in, it was 2015 already, okay. and we recorded the whole album, and I was going to tour extensively, and I was going to give it my all, um, and then we finished recording, and I found out I was pregnant, um, so that kind of changed how I was sure. going to go doing doing that and um I guess in a lot of ways that album didn't do what I thought it could have done and I don't even I'm still not even sure what that is it's a really good album I mean like <laughs> I have a copy of it it's great yeah thanks um but it didn't yeah it didn't do for me what I thought it could have done and I felt I did the best I could with the resources I had and the new situation I was in. Yeah. And so even today I was, um, I have this new batch of songs that I demoed a few months ago and I'm talking with my band about rehearsing them and recording something again. And I'm just in a place where it's like, even since 20, so I guess I, I ended up releasing Back to Dirt in 2017. But even since then, the music scene has changed so much in the sense of, even then, putting out an album was kind of not pointless, but people don't really put out albums anymore. The way they people, consume music is different, right? People are, are so into the, the streaming thing and the, the singles versus album for sure, yeah. Yeah, and I guess part of me is kind of old school in the sense of, like, I love listening to an album and getting taken on, like, an emotional journey with that um, band or person, and so I've today I was just thinking, I'm like, what is the point of recording another album? Like, what am I doing here? What is my goal? Do I have a goal? Or maybe I'm just at the point where it's making art for art's sake instead of, you know, filling or having like number goals to yeah. apply to MFM with and Canada Council and blah, blah, blah. And um, there's also freedom in that too. I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just not having to worry about that stuff. Right. Yeah. So, so anyways, to answer your question, I guess, is yes, I have a whole batch of songs on the back burner. And um, yeah, I want to record them in some way and release them. But part of that, too, that I've been struggling with 
is um, because everything is so visual now is what do I do or do I do anything to accompany that music okay. visually? Like even if it's like, you know, when you go on Spotify or whatever and there's like little reels that play to each song. And, okay. Um, yeah. I don't know. Well, it's totally it's totally different even than it was like like you said 2017 or that, that doesn't seem like that long ago but things have changed dramatically. Yeah, and yeah, and especially not being able to tour, and I don't see that as an option for anybody really. Yeah. Anytime soon, it's like that's what I really enjoy with music. I love touring. I love playing live. It's it captures. It really makes you live in the moment because you have just this one fraction of time and either you get it or you don't. Yeah. And it feels good or else you learn from it. And I love living out of a suitcase, so. Do you try to capture that feeling on your records? I mean, because, you know, listening to an album in your basement with headphones on is very different than seeing an artist performing on stage, right? Are, are, are there different... Do you use a different part of your brain for recording than you would for doing a live show? Um... I don't think so. I think what I, because say even with Back to Dirt and the album before that, The Time It Takes, and the album before that, Kayla and Ben, and the album before that, (laughs) which I do not sell because I'm embarrassed of it. Oh, really? But um, yeah, I I think I have six albums and the first three are like, (laughs) I don't uh, let people um, listen to those. But anyways, (laughs) um, a lot of it is live. So um, even with Back to Dirt, it was important to me that even though I played the guitar separately because it was a more produced album, yeah. it was important to me to not be splicing stuff all the time. It was important to me to get the vocals not be splicing all the time. Um, in the album, The Time It Takes, um, some of the songs were recorded live with me and my guitar. And that's just important to me. I don't know why that's important to me. I just think it makes you a better player, better vocalist. Um, so I really try to get into that, to get a good take when I record or when I'm playing live. Okay. How different are the songs, I guess, you know, because I'm assuming you write the songs probably on guitar um, with, on your own. How different are they from, you know, when they're con- first conceived to the final version when you have the band playing on, on it? It, does it become a different song for you or is it kind of the, uh, I mean, the, the feeling of it, is that still there from the start to the, the finished product? Because I can imagine that some of these songs would sound very different that stripped down than they do with, all, with the full band there. Um, I guess for me in my head, uh, no, I would say the feeling has always stayed the same. Um, and I feel like my the people that I play with always respect the song and are so tasteful in what they do um, that we're always kind of on the same wavelength. Okay, that helps. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? Uh, what? Just in listening to your stuff, I mean, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of downer songs, which is kind of you know I don't mean that in a bad way, but there's, there's a lot of them are, are a little depressing, and a lot of them are, are very um, uh, drunken, might be. <laughs> word to it what what is the kind of um you know you, you seem like a very pleasant uh upbeat person what, what how, how do you go from this right now where you, you're having a you know to, to to having that kind of uh 
I don't want to say misery because they're not that that depressing, but there's definitely some some sad stuff that you're writing about, and uh, it, a lot of it sounds like songs written after waking up from a bender, <laughs> you know, and, and something really horrible has gone on, and I mean that in the most positive way possible. Oh no, that's I totally understand. I always laugh, and I'm like, I'm really not that sad of a person, but um, I guess like anyone who um, is creative, you know, I have my moments of being down. Um, and I've probably drank too much on many, many occasions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I guess, um, yeah, I guess that comes from, uh, yeah, I guess growing pains. Yeah. Okay. You're in twenties and thirties and, um, I don't, what was your question again? Well, I guess, I guess maybe a better way of, of wording the question is that like, I think that, um, you know, folk music, country music, all of these genres that you you sort of encompass with your sound are, are one of the hallmarks of those genres is is uh, people appreciate honesty. They appreciate genuine songwriting. They appreciate something that seem, comes across as being this is the person's true experience, right? And so, I mean, you have all these downer songs and all these drinking songs. And, like, so I'm just wondering, like, how do you portray that? that genuine level of, of, of sadness and of sorrow in some of these songs right. I, on a regular basis, right? I mean, you're playing these songs every night on stage and you have to, how do you get to that kind of sad place to, to, to portray that in a way that comes across as very real and true? Yeah, I guess, well, genuinely inside of me, I have that sadness. Um, and in some of the, some of the songs I would say, kind of in the same way that when I'm playing live or when I'm recording, I go to that place or it's almost like I have a movie that plays in my head when I sing those songs. Um, And ultimately, yeah, I want to connect with people and I want them to feel something or, or, you know, have those songs speak to them, whether it's my own songs or sometimes when we cover songs. Um, Yeah, it's important to me that, in any kind of creativity or art, like for me, it's like, I just want to feel something. Yeah. Like make me cry or like make me happy or take me to that place. And, uh, I think that's the power of, of good music. Yeah. That's, I think, I think you're right for sure. Because yeah, if, if there's no emotion to it, it's, it's, it can be something that maybe you want to dance to for five minutes, but then after that, it's, it's out of your head and gone. Right. And then I guess uh, really any kind of music, the songs that, that stick the most are the ones that, that do pull on some kind of emotional string. Yeah. I've asked you a thousand times when you're going to change my heart. Up late nights waiting for you to come on home. I'm sick and tired of going to bed and waking up alone. Well, darling, don't you remember? How could I forget? I've heard all your cliches and I'm sitting on.
So I know the pandemic's going on. I know that you said music's taken a bit of a backseat lately. What are sort of your plans once, if the pandemic uh, <laughs> ends anytime soon? Like, do you have an idea of what you'd like to do with, with your music, assuming things cleared up, let's say, just next week, hypothetically? Yeah, well, right now I'm in the process of, uh, uh, back in November, I recorded a handful of demos um, live. Okay. Because, again, that's important to me. Um, and then with the band, we're planning to do some pre-production. Uh, I'm not even sure what I'm allowed to say, <laughs> but um, we're planning to do some pre-production. And then I would like to uh, record the album or record an album. Um, I've also considered doing, um, because I think the way that the songs are, some could be more folky, some could be more in the you know, throwback to 70s country-esque, um, like some of the songs are on Back to Dirt. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, playing around with maybe doing a whole bunch of EPs in different veins oh, cool. um, or different genres. Um, and again, I would love to tour. Um, and I don't think it's off, off of... I don't think it's not an option. It's just a lot more to juggle. Like when I went on tour... With Back to Dirt, I had my son, and so I had this five-month-old. Oh, wow. And, yeah, and my partner, who would look after him while we were playing, and then my band of four guys. And um, in retrospect, like, that was too much. Like, I I couldn't – I don't think I would want to, for my own well-being, again, be, like, the tour manager and the tour booker and the yeah. promoter. And then the the lead person, and then the driver, and then a mother, yeah. and it was um, by the end of that, I was completely burnt out, and um, that was just not good for me. So yeah, I'd love to do that again, but I can't do it all myself, or I shouldn't do it all myself. <laughs> Probably not. No, no. My kids are older than that, and I can't imagine even taking them somewhere on tour. And yeah, so if it's uh, that's that's a lot of work. Yeah, yeah, it was, but. <laughs> Still, still a good time. I don't regret it. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I look back on that. I'm like, that was really crazy. But I had, at that point, I had invested so much in that album that I was like, I am not just packing it up. I have yeah. to at least try, do what I can. So, um, so yeah, that would be fun. Even if it was like little, um, like a few days at a time, going out from Manitoba to, you know, Saskatchewan, Alberta, yeah. and. and whatever that might be. And um, yeah, again, there's also the video aspect of it. So I don't know if that would be a documentary or um, just like background stuff of us recording or out where I live or, you know, talking about the songs. Um, I guess if people, if I have a fan base that wants something in particular, I'd be more inclined to do something. Um, But I always, I'm always a little self-conscious of it seeming too self-absorbed i don't want to come <laughs> off that way right i've been working in the field with a prayer on my back i've been hoping that the soil someday make us rich and know this freedom ain't if it be the death of me Making memories in this 
I've been working in the kitchen with a prayer on my breath. I've been slaving for nothing, and I miss my old homeland. Know this freedom ain't free, and if it be the death of me, making memories in this home for better times are coming. find your stuff now because i mean you know like we've said the pandemic's in full swing right now you can't shows aren't happening what's the best way for someone to pick up a copy of one of your records uh the, the ones that you are showing to people <laughs> if they want to buy yeah. one yeah yeah um well i guess ultimately they could just go online on Bandcamp. i think i have a link to it on my website i'll throw a link um, in the show notes for the podcast too sure yeah um or um, you know, on Spotify, iTunes, all of that sort of thing. Um, you can find, you can find um, the last couple albums I've done. Okay. Uh, and one of the albums that's available is only on Bandcamp, and it's free. You can just download it. Cool. Um, or stream it. Cool, cool. Yeah. Well, I, I, I kind of want to try and track down your previous ones now. Now that you mentioned that okay. they're kind of like removed from circulation, but, but it's. I'm glad people can still get the other ones that, <laughs> that are yeah, available. You know, I- 
have a whole bunch of them in my basement. Yeah. And um, there's one album I did. Um, it was before the time it takes. So I think I released it in, I want to say 2008. And um, I did it all live. Uh, um, I think there's like 14 tracks. And one of the tracks made it onto, so this, this is like a funny story. This girl that I went to school with, she used to listen to uh, my music in high school. So that's how she has all these, like this back catalog that I don't let yeah. people listen to anymore. She showed it to someone where she was traveling in Germany or something like that. He liked some of the songs. So he has this video on YouTube that has, I think it has, I haven't even checked. It has like thousands and thousands of views. But probably once a month or every couple months, I'll get random messages of people being like, I saw that you're the songwriter of this song and I really want this this song. And <laughs> where can I, I can't find it anywhere. And I'm just like, sorry. I'm not released. I, I can't. I just can't. <laughs> uh, but it's maybe for those people, I should make it available, or maybe I should re-record it. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to hear it, but I, 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 I will respect that you don't want those to be heard, and I'll keep listening to the ones that you have out now. Um, and then, you know, because this is a podcast, someone could be hearing it when it comes out soon, or they could hear it a year from now. What's the best way to find out what you're up to as far as potential shows when things change? Uh, where, where can people go to find out that info? Uh, Kaylaluki.ca. Um, I also have Instagram and Facebook. Um, and I'm sure I'm on other things too, but I would say those <laughs> are the primary ones. I, um, I don't really use social media a lot. I kind of like being left in the dark. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I would say Kaylaluki.ca.
The bar is closing 